0: is a day of victory. It's a day of victory. I mean, when death looked like it had won, it didn't. It didn't. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what we're celebrating today, a victory. But you know, I was thinking about victory this week, and I thought of a few things that maybe we don't think about. We all want victory. We all want to experience victory in life. But you know what? There's no victory without a battle. There's no victory without a battle. Some of you today are in the middle of a battle. Some of you are fighting for your marriage. Some of you are fighting for your finances. Some of you today are fighting for peace. I want you to know that the presence of a battle means the promise of a victory. See, today, we need to be reminded that when we look at Easter, Easter is an invitation to step into a victory that Jesus has already won for us. See, if there's no, there's no victory without a battle. You know, we need to be reminded in that, that battles are filled with pain. They're filled with pain. I mean, that's a part of the season of a battle. And today, if you're going through that, maybe you're fighting for something right now. Can I remind you that there's purpose in the pain? There's purpose in the pain. God never wants us to waste pain. No, indeed, there is purpose in the pain. And we know that as we look at Easter. See, when we think about victory, can I remind you of something else? that there's no victory without a price being paid. There's no victory. There's no such thing as victory without a price being paid. And that's sacrifice, right? You can't win in your marriage unless you sacrifice. You can't win in your finances unless you're willing to sacrifice. You're not going to win with friendships unless you're willing to sacrifice. No, we've got to understand that a victory implies that someone has made the sacrifice in the midst of that battle to push towards victory. Now, as we think about Easter, you know, death had been victorious until it met Jesus. Death had a hundred percent success rate until it met Jesus. But when it met Jesus, It met its match. I want you to just be reminded today as we look at the promise of Easter that while one person uniquely experienced death in the person of Jesus, that person uniquely defeated death. The cross is only part of the story. The story culminates in the resurrection of Jesus. And we are caught in that battle today. Today, we're caught in a battle of life and death. You see, Jesus, when he came, Jesus came to fight a battle that we couldn't win for ourselves. We're in that struggle. We're in that battle. But Jesus, see, Jesus came to win a battle that we could never win for ourselves. So how did he do that? How did Jesus fight that battle? You know, we fight all kinds of ways, don't we? Sometimes we yell. Sometimes we scream. Sometimes we do some things we ought not to do. But Jesus fought this battle by taking our sin on himself. You know, I love Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, when we think about the victory that Jesus gained at the cross and in the resurrection. John, the the apostle, is writing Revelations, the best friend of Jesus. And he's writing this, and, and, and he says something as he sees Jesus for the first time in this prophetic vision that he records in the book of Revelation. He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet. But Jesus laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever endeavor, and here's the part, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. He didn't just die. He died and rose victorious with the keys in his hand to death in the grave. What had always been 100% victorious over humanity lost its power and lost this victory over us when jesus rose from the dead and easter Easter's is the day we celebrate that victory it's the day we celebrate that jesus died for us but he also rose for us that we could suffer with him but also share in the glory of his resurrection you 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 might not realize this, but this victory is historically verifiable. You know, the first account that we have in Scripture of the resurrection is actually the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark was written by a guy named John Mark. He was friends with Peter. And most scholars believe that Peter shared his firsthand account with John Mark. John Mark wrote that it became what we now know as the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark postdates the death of Jesus by 30 years. That's it, 30 years. You know, if we look back 30 years, it's close enough that we're kind of still alive. We can remember what happened. And so when Mark comes forward and writes this account, and and just so you know, this is one of the most widely circulated uh, letters from antiquity. This was so circulated that it wasn't just a rumor in a small town. This was a rumor that invaded the Roman Empire. So when Mark wrote this 30 years after the death of Jesus, people were still alive. They were like, hey, you know, I was there. And if there were people who were still alive, when they started saying, no, Jesus, he didn't, he, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. Imagine if you had been there and been like, no, I mean, he's, I know where he's buried. We can go. We, th- there weren't anybody. There wasn't. People didn't come forward. Think about 30 years ago for us. Some of you will identify with this. 30 years ago, from right now, Saddam Hussein invaded kuwait some of y'all know what's about to happen and because of that the united states entered an operation known as desert shield what we call the iraq war began 30 years ago i remember watching that happen on tv live 30 years ago nasa launched the hubble space telescope i can remember hearing about that in school 30 years ago, 30 years ago, the Berlin Wall fell. 30 years ago. I mean, I watched those things happen live on TV. If you were to try to argue with me and say that didn't happen, I'd call you a fool. I wouldn't believe you because I saw it happen with my own eyes. There were people in Jesus' day when the gospel of Mark began to circulate that came face-to-face with the reality of the claims that we herald from the scriptures. If it wasn't true, there were enough people to put that down in the first century, but it was true. And it is a message that has continued to change the way we view our lives and who God is even today. I want to take you back. We're actually going to go to the gospel of Matthew today. Matthew's record of the the resurrection morning, Easter morning. In Matthew 28, verses 1 through 6, it says that early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. When suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the tomb, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. Now the tomb was being guarded, okay? They had put Roman centurions in front of the tomb because they were afraid that his disciples would steal his body. But here's what the scriptures record. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. And then... The angel spoke to the women, spoke to the women, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said would happen. And in that moment, these tectonic shifts started to happen in those that followed Jesus They started to see in Jesus someone who had said, they had almost forgotten that he said, you know, one day, I'm going to walk out of that tomb. But they remembered. Some had to be a little bit reinstated, but they started to serve Jesus with fearlessness. And out of that moment grew a movement that we stand in today. It's a powerful movement. And you know what? I believe that that moment, the resurrection, gives us permission for a few things that we need to have today in this season. Can I give those? If you're taking notes, I'd write this down. The first thing that I want you to see that the resurrection gives us permission to have is the resurrection gives us permission to have joy. It gives us permission to have joy. We find joy in some unusual places in the scriptures. I mean, we do. We find joy in some places that honestly, we don't think we were going to find it. And one of those places is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 has the word joy, but it surrounds the word joy with a circumstance that we often consider quite unjoyful, right? It's one of those moments. Look at this. And this is the writer of Hebrews beginning one of the most important chapters, maybe in the whole Bible. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think about it. As Jesus was poised to look at the cross, what was his response? It was joy. For the joy set before him. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When we look at the cross, there's a lot of times I'm like, that looks painful. I'm so glad that I don't have to endure what Jesus did for me. That looks hard. That looks challenging, difficult. All of those words that we could leverage in that moment. But for Jesus, it was joy. You know, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is circumstantial. You probably remember the time you went out and bought like a new iPhone or a new iPad, maybe a new TV, and you got it home and you're happy. But in a few weeks, it was just a thing you had and it wasn't making you happy the way it did when you first got it. Happiness is based on our circumstance and I'm not really sure that we need to be against happiness, but it's so different than joy. See, our joy as believers rest in Jesus, not our circumstances. Our joy rests in Jesus, not in our circumstances. The reason Jesus had joy when he looked at what was coming in the cross is because he knew what was going to happen because his father wasn't going to let him down. See, some of us, we just need to be reminded today, God has never failed you yet. He has never let you down yet. You know how I know because you're still here? You're still breathing. You're still following. You're tuning in this morning. And you know what? God hasn't let you down and he's not going to let you down. We can have joy when we face challenges because our joy is not based on our circumstances. It is 100% based on who Jesus is and what his character is. And the resurrection reminds us that we can have joy. I mean, think about it. You might be facing something that's really challenging today, but you're not dead. Jesus was executed in the most painful and difficult execution in human history. And he found joy in that moment. Why? Because he knew his father wasn't going to fail him. I can promise you this. You can have joy in this moment, because Jesus isn't going to let you down. You know what else? The resurrection gives us permission to have hope. It gives us permission to have hope. I mean, think about it. What's a more difficult thing to think about where I'm going to lose all hope than death, right? What's more difficult, more challenging, right? If there's a moment when there's almost certain defeat, it's in death. I can remember a few years ago my my grandfather passed away and um, my family was given the opportunity to be there with him in that moment. And I was sitting at his feet when he breathed his last breath. And it was so challenging. And in many ways it was very challenging very painful because he meant a lot to me. He's one of the most influential figures in my life. And you know what? I thought of this. When we look at that moment from a worldly perspective, it looked like defeat as his body succumbed to a condition That had ravaged his health. But as a believer, when I look at that moment, that wasn't defeat. That was a moment of victory. And I have hope in that victory because of the resurrection. I have permission to have hope because of the resurrection. The resurrection lets me know that even in the worst situation, which is death, death is for us who love Jesus, but a comma in the sentence of our life, it's not a period, it's not the end. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 56, and 57 talks about this victory where the apostle paul writing the church in corinth says this thank god he jesus gives us victory over sin and death through our lord jesus christ for sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives us power he would go on to say so now, O oh death, where is your sting? Now, O oh death, where is your power? Because the resurrection put you to shame. Amazing to know that even in the midst of what is challenging and difficult, where all hope could feel lost, the resurrection gives us permission to have hope. Romans 15, verse 13 says this. Think about this in light of where your hope is today. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confidence hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can face difficult and challenging times with confident hope, not because of our own efforts, but because of the one who is taking care of us. The resurrection gives us permission to have hope. And the last thing which was in there, the resurrection gives us permission to have peace. It gives us permission to have peace. You know, think about it. In a world that seems to be falling apart, in homes, that let's be honest right now. Let, let's be honest. We, we've been spending a lot of time with each other, We're getting a little tired of each other. There's some tension that's come with that. I think that today we need permission to have some peace. We need permission. You know, one of the names that Jesus was given was the Prince of Peace. And today. When we choose to put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus, we have permission to live with peace. You know, John 16, Jesus has just finished maybe two of the most important chapters in the whole entirety of the Gospel of John. I mean, Luke 15 is an amazing section of Jesus' teaching. It teaches so much to us in that chapter. And in in John 16, verse 33, he says this, I've told you all that so that you may have peace in me. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart for I have overcome the world. I've told you this stuff so that you can have peace. You know, I think that a lot of times the reason we don't have peace is because we've wandered away from fully trusting Jesus. And today, I think there's some of us right now that honestly, God's speaking to you because right now joy is feels a million miles away. Hope feels a million miles away. And peace, I haven't felt that in weeks. If that's you today, maybe right now, as you sit there and we do church at home, maybe right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And this is your moment to make a decision. What we're going to do is we're going to pray. And then I'm going to walk you through three different categories And I want you to think about which category you're in this year, where you are right now as we go through Easter. So let's take a moment. We're going to pray together. God, we come before you today and we thank you for the resurrection. God, we thank you for the peace that comes, the joy that comes and the hope that comes from this reality, this victory that you won for us. God thank you, Thank you for this moment. God thank you that we can anchor our heart into something that's real. God, I pray today that as you speak to our hearts, that you would help us to dive in to where we are in our relationship with you. God, help us to see clearly what you're speaking to us so that we can respond to you. Now, I want everybody to think about your relationship with Jesus. Where are you? How are things going right now? And I want you to put yourself today into a category. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through three different categories today. And I'm going to give you kind of where you might be. The first category is going to be category A. Today, are you a person that's here? And maybe you're here today and you know I am right with Jesus. I'm not perfect, but I'm living right now in a a healthy, thriving relationship with Jesus is that you today? Is that you? Maybe that is you. If it is you, I want you to go ahead and get that decision in your mind today. But for many of us, we know that, you know what, that's not me. My relationship with God hasn't been thriving. As a matter of fact, I have not been living with peace. I haven't been living with joy. And I don't even know where hope is right now. Maybe In the past, those things for you have been anchored in Jesus. And right now is the moment where you would become B. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to be the person today that says, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I've I've taken up some control that I had released to you. And so today, I'm just releasing that control. I'm rededicating my life. That would be category B. Now, maybe you're here. In your Category C. We love you, and I want you to know that. If you're in what we'll call Category C today, you're that person that's here, and you know what? Church is new. Maybe you've never been to a real church, but Easter's happening online this year, and someone kind of convinced you that you could come over to their house or maybe join in online, and you're here today. And as you get to this moment, you're like, you know what? I know I need to get things right between me and Jesus. Maybe you're C. Maybe for the first time ever in your life, today you're saying, God, I've given my life to you. If that's you right now, I just want you to take a moment and reflect on that. Now, some of you are in other categories. Maybe you're here today and you're, the next category, we, we would call that category D. Maybe you're you're just, you know, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure. It's okay. We, we want you to think about that. We want to be able to pray for you if that's you. Maybe you're not sure about how things are. Maybe you're category D. And you just say, hey, you know what? I'm here because my girlfriend's making me be here. That's the only reason. And you know what? I don't believe in any of this stuff anyway. That's you. Can you do me a favor? Our hosts right now are going to drop a link in the chat. And when we sign off in just a moment, what I want you to do is I want you to go to that link and fill that out real quick. It's going to have three questions on it. We want you to fill that out. And it'll give us a chance to be able to pray for you as you take the next step in your journey. We're so thankful that you joined us this morning. We're going to pray for you as you take the next step in your spiritual journey. We believe that there is, because of the resurrection, permission for you today to have joy, to have hope, and to have peace in this season. Now, We do want to remind you that tonight at 6 p.m. on Facebook Live, I'm going to be there. I'm going to pray for you guys. If you want to join us tonight, we'd love to be able to pray for you. We do this every night through the week at 7 p.m. to be able to join with you and pray for you. We believe that we want you to know that you're, you're seen and you're heard and you're known, and we want to lift up the prayer requests that are weighing on your heart in this season. So I'm going to join you live tonight. But as we go through Easter today, go through it with hope. Go through it with joy. And go through it with peace. And allow your heart to reorient today around the message of Jesus and the great privilege that we've been given in the resurrection. We love you, and we'll see you soon.